0: Welcome everyone to the YPN Region 2 Virtual Conference Breakout Session on Mindfulness for Self-Care. I'm so glad that you've joined me today. Uh, This is a great time of year to be talking about self-care as we approach the holidays. It can be a stressful time for some people. And I am very hopeful that as a result of this hour-long session, you will feel like you're able to take away some tools that will help you take good care of yourself in the coming months and years. So with that, let me introduce myself. I'm Wendy Saunders, Senior Manager of Leadership Development at YMCA of the USA. I run the New Branch Executive Institute and the Leadership Symposium and teach a number of other courses for YUSA. in addition to that, I'm a certified instructor in a course called CBCT, which stands for Cognitively Based Compassion Training, which is a program of Emory University in Atlanta Georgia. And this program is geared toward cultivating mindfulness and compassion through various exercises and meditations. And then I'm also uh, very active in doing mindfulness and compassion workshops for YMCA of the USA staff, as well as YMCA branch and center executives from around the country for the last several years and doing workshops on these topics. And then I've also been invited to come out to a number of associations to do workshops and retreats on the topics of mindfulness, compassionate leadership, compassionate love, and so on. So um, definitely a passion area of mine, and I'm so grateful for the opportunity to be with you all today and to share uh, some insights around mindfulness for self-care. So thanks again for joining. My intentions for today's session are to introduce mindfulness and also meditation explain the relationship between those two. Well, I'll introduce mindfulness to you um, and, and we'll, pri- we'll practice mindfulness of breathing. So it's basically a breathing meditation. And I hope you'll join me for that. We'll discuss the application of mindfulness in your daily life in the workplace and then also explore some tools and resources that you can take away with you from this webinar and actually start putting some of what you learned into practice. So let's start by talking about why. Why would you want to try mindfulness for self-care? And I'll start by sharing that there have been a number of universities in the country and around the world who recognize the need for students to have some stress reduction. College students these days seem to be very stressed out. (laughs) And so universities have said, we need to put some programs in place to help them reduce their stress level, have more happiness and well-being, and so on. And so about three decades ago, the University of Massachusetts Medical School established a center for mindfulness, and they created one of the most popular mindfulness-based programs out there, which is the Mindfulness-Based Stress Reduction Program, and I'll, I'll talk about that one again later on in the webinar. Um, UC San Diego, University of California San Diego has a center for mindfulness. UCLA has a Mindful Awareness Research Center. University of Pennsylvania has the Penn Program for mindfulness. The University of Miami has a U Mindfulness Center. Actually, they're building it. in a surface. And there are literally dozens of other mindfulness centers around the country. Brown University, University of Virginia School of Medicine, University of Utah, Arizona State, University of Pittsburgh, and many others. And then as I mentioned, Emory University, has this program that I teach called CBCT, which is uh, Cultivating Mindfulness and Compassion. And the Stanford University in Northern California also has a program called Compassion Cultivation Training, which is the Cultivation of Mindfulness and Compassion. So there are many versions of this around the country, all with the aim of helping to reduce not only student stress, but also the stress that community members may be facing. As they open up their programs to the community as well. So why why are these universities offering these programs and establishing these mindfulness centers? Well, tons of studies have been done in the last two to three decades on mindfulness and meditation, and they've wanted to find out what are some of the benefits. Why have people been doing this for hundreds of years? And uh, and you know how can we bring these benefits to our communities? So. What they found, of course, is that these practices can reduce stress and anxiety, but it also can increase your focus and productivity, meaning you have less distraction when you're trying to focus on something, less mental rumination when you're thinking about something over and over, and it's keeping you from being uh, you know, productive or present with what you're trying to do. It can help enhance your emotional intelligence. You probably know that emotional maturity is one of our 14 leadership competencies at the Y, so emotional intelligence can be enhanced through this. It can help you have higher resilience in challenging situations than you have right now, even higher resilience. Uh, It can help heighten creativity, memory, energy, decision-making, and some very recent studies have shown that uh, mindfulness practice can help to reduce unconscious bias and discrimination. And so that's some really promising research uh, that's available now. So beyond this, again, some of the programs are incorporating mindfulness and compassion, and they've been looking at some of the benefits um, to our social relationships. So people are experiencing increased feelings of connectedness with other people, which is very important in a time where there's a lot of social isolation and loneliness. Also, increased compassion, as you might imagine, for oneself and for others more positive emotions, and more pro-social or helping behavior, as opposed to antisocial. right? Pro-social, actually doing things to help other people. Now, this is all self-reported, right? This is what somebody says that they're feeling, so they also wanted to know, are there any physiological changes happening in the body as a result of mindfulness practice? And they found that, yes, cortisol levels have been lowered as a result of these practices. Cortisol is the stress hormone, so it makes sense. Um, also, your immune system can be elevated, you can reduce inflammation in the body, and then change your activation of the amygdala, which is the fight or flight uh, center of the brain. And so it changes the amygdala activation, people have reported less pain and better sleep. And there have been literally thousands of studies that are taking place on this now, more than a thousand each year, which is just a testament to how much this particular field is growing right now, as people recognize that these benefits are accessible to them, and more and more people are trying, trying out mindfulness and meditation. In fact, check this out: <laughs> National Institutes of Health has a National Center for con- con- uh, com- Complementary and Integrative Health, <laughs> and so they've been measuring how many U.S. adults aged 18 and over. In the country, have been practicing complementary and integrative health practices like yoga, meditation, chiropractic, etc. And so, what you see here might not be that surprising on the left hand side when it comes to yoga. Back in 2012, almost 10% of the population was practicing yoga. Probably every YMC, most YMCs in the country have a yoga class if you have a full facility. And in five years from 2012 to 2017, that went up by almost. Six uh, percent so a big increase and um, and it makes sense that the YMCA has been actively focused on yoga since 14 point three percent of our population is practicing yoga and that equates to I think roughly 35 million people in the United States which is a very large number now what you might be surprised to see back in 2012 just four percent of the population, were, were reporting to be meditating if they were age 18 and over, but by 2017, that had jumped more than 10% to 14.2, almost the same level as yoga. And so I think it's a question for us as why leaders uh, do you have meditation classes to help your community members deal with the stress in their lives and, uh, and help them have more happiness and well-being. There are some wives in the country that do, but I think this is a huge opportunity for us um, as a movement to be thinking about how can we provide this type of help for our members. In any case, this is also helpful for you, and that's the point of this webinar, um, but it's something for us to be thinking about for our wives as well. Back in 2014, Pew Research Center did what they call a U.S. religious landscape study to see what the characteristics and qualities are of people who participate in various religions, and also to see what the landscape of religion looks like. Is it increasing, decreasing, et cetera? Um, They survey roughly 35,000 people of all different backgrounds, obviously all different religions, but also all different socioeconomic levels, race and ethnicity, gender, et cetera, different parts of the country. And so one of the things that they ask is, they ask you to say what your religion is, but also if you meditate. And so they're able to correlate that data and show the percentage of people in each of these religions who meditate at least once per week. And they ask the the frequency. So this might be surprising for some people, but um, it might be typical to think of people who are Buddhist or Hindu um, meditating But actually, there's quite a few people who are practicing meditation at least once per week in every religion. And this is just the first eight, I believe that they listed on the survey, but the list goes on, obviously, this is just a small sampling of religions. Um, But this is, uh, I think, in part, a testament to the idea that this movement is growing. People are recognizing that they can practice, especially mindfulness meditation and other types of meditations that help them with their well-being, and it doesn't jeopardize their religious values or belief set in any way. In other words, these meditations that a lot of people are practicing are not religious; they're not—they're um, secular or faith inclusive. Um, you can call it uh, whatever word makes sense for you. But the idea is that you hold on to your own religious beliefs, but you can still practice and get the benefits of some of these types of meditations. And more and more people are recognizing that and are practicing meditation, especially with all the apps that are coming up and so on. And so uh, with that, these numbers are continuing to grow and I'm very curious to see what the next uh, landscape, religious landscape study is gonna show because my, my guess is it's going to be even higher than this one. Now it's important to note that there are many different types of meditations Uh, Mindfulness is actually much broader than meditation, and I'll talk about what that is in just a moment. But you can practice or get good at mindfulness by doing mindfulness meditation. But there are many other types of meditation, and the survey done by Pew Research Center on the last slide did not ask what kind of meditation. So there's body scan meditation, sitting with God meditation. Transcendental meditation, Christian or Consentative prayer meditations, many different kinds. I have mindfulness, loving kindness, compassion, and breathing highlighted because of those are the ones that I teach the most often. But there are many kinds. And, um, and again, people are finding that they can practice and experiment with these different types of meditation and get the benefits and still hold on to the religious beliefs that they have. There's nothing that they have to let go. So what is mindfulness? I've been talking about it a lot so far, and I wanna take a few minutes to break it down for you. Uh, In fact, at Emory University, where I teach the Cognitively-Based Compassion Training Program, the way that we define mindfulness is that you're actively staying aware and retaining your attention fully on something in the present moment, and not allowing your attention to drift off to something else. So being mindful means actively staying aware and consciously keeping your attention fully focused in the here and now, right now. My hope is that right now you are consciously uh, directing your attention and keeping it fully focused on me and the webinar and not talking to other people in your office and looking at your phone and so on, right? So the idea is that you're actively staying aware of retaining your attention in the present moment. One of the things that you could keep your attention on is your breath. And we are going to practice doing that in a few minutes, so I hope you'll join me uh, in doing that. That's just an example of something that you could put your attention fully on in the present moment and not allow your attention to drift off to other things. But you could be mindful of anything in the present moment. And so I'll give you some more examples. This young lady down here on the left-hand corner uh, is doing a bit of both things, right? She's eating and she's working on her laptop. And so she's not being fully focused on either one. She's sort of trying to split her attention and actually multitasking, there have been a lot of some good research studies that have shown that it's a bit of a myth thinking that we can multitask well. Uh, But that's a topic for another webinar. So uh, just thinking here, she is not being completely mindful of her eating or mindful of her work. Another example, I'm sure this has never happened to you uh, where you're in a meeting with someone presenting and you start you know, gazing off into the distance, thinking about other things, you're not being mindful. Not being mindful of the person who's presenting. As you can see here at the table, nobody is being mindful of the presenter. They're all doing other things. So they're not consciously staying aware and keeping their attention fully focused on what's happening in the present moment, which is this person uh, facilitating. Another example is being mindful of our emotions and our emotional state. So. Oftentimes, we might feel a strong emotion, and then we let it carry us away. We don't actually recognize that we're being carried away by it. And so one, one thing that we can do is to keep our attention fully focused, not allow our attention to drift off, to push the emotion away, or to, to just redirect to something else, but rather just be aware of the emotions that we're having. How does it feel in your body, right? What thoughts are coming to mind? So just being aware of everything in that moment, and when you do that, it gives you some flexibility to choose a different response rather than the way that you typically react in that particular emotion. This is also a topic for another webinar, Um, but a very important way of thinking of mindfulness is being mindful of the emotions and the emotional state that you're in. Another thing we could be mindful of is an intention that we've set. And so uh, let's go back to this young lady on the bottom left-hand side. Let's say she set an intention to eat healthy. And if she did, then she is probably not being mindful of her intention, right? When she placed the order for that food, which it may be healthy, but it looks to me like burgers and fries, uh, she was probably not being mindful, actively staying aware, consciously keeping her attention fully focused on her intention to eat healthy. So she wasn't being mindful of her intention. So these, again, are just examples of ways that we can think about keeping our attention fully focused in the present moment and not allowing our attention to go somewhere else. And um, when you're not being mindful, essentially, you're on autopilot. Now, autopilot is really important because we need it in order to get through our day. We need to be able to breathe on autopilot, for example, right? We can control our breathing or we can just let our bodies breathe. And when we do that, it's on autopilot and it's very efficient and we can do a lot of other things. If we had to focus on every breath, it would be very difficult right, to get through the day. And that applies to a lot of things that we do. We walk on autopilot a lot. We do things and uh, attempt to multitask. Uh, and it's important for efficiency. However, there are a lot of potential downsides and, and risks associated with us being on autopilot. And that's one of the reasons why um, mindfulness can be so good for self-care because it keeps us from being in situations that could be you know, potentially dangerous or um, where we're just not taking care of ourselves as well as, well as we could. So I'm going to go through this list here and I will volunteer myself as an example uh, for each of these because I've done every single one of them. Eating on autopilot. Um, You know you're doing something else you're thinking about something else while you're eating or drinking some water i mean it just happened to me the other day i'm busy thinking about something drink i drink a sip of water and i choke on it why did i choke probably because i wasn't i just know somewhere deep down i wasn't paying attention right and maybe this has happened to you chances are i've done many many of these webinars and i haven't had one yet where people can't relate to that example of where you accidentally choke on food or water and it's because you weren't paying full attention. You were on autopilot. Reacting and responding, we just talked about that. We have a lot of habits, habitual ways of reacting and responding, and we just do them on autopilot because it's the way that we've done them and we're, the way that we're programmed, so to speak. So um, the alternative is to slow down and be mindful, to be aware of our emotions, and we can change the way we, we react and respond. Uh, if we don't change it, we just operate on autopilot driving. Now, this is a really scary one. I would like for you to think for a moment. Have you ever had a time where you were driving somewhere, you get to your destination, and you literally think to yourself, I have no idea how I got here. I don't even remember driving here. Has that ever happened to you? (laughs) I admit it's happened to me before, because I was not being mindful of my driving. My mind was busy somewhere else. And how dangerous is this for ourselves and for others? I mean, how fortunate that I didn't run into something or someone because I was driving on autopilot, wasn't really paying attention. Same thing could happen if you're on the freeway and you miss the exit, right? Because you weren't paying attention. Again, potentially dangerous, or could just be um, you know a big hiccup in our day that could disrupt uh, our well-being for the day. Walking on autopilot. I just mentioned that. Check out this photo here. These folks are all walking and looking at their phones. And so they might be very mindful of their phone, but not mindful of their walking or of their surroundings, which can be very dangerous. In fact, you might know there are some cities that have passed ordinances that say that people cannot walk in text in the city because people are literally walking out into traffic and getting run over. We're not being mindful. Very, very dangerous. There's a hospital near where I live that has signs up inside that say no walking and texting because people are walking into patients, uh, sick patients, you know. And so um, maybe you can think for yourself, was there a time that you can remember where you were walking, you weren't, you were looking at your phone especially, not paying attention and ended up in a situation, in a dangerous situation or somewhere that you didn't want to be? Or perhaps where you tripped over something, ran into someone, right? Um, so we, we really are operating on autopilot and it's potentially hazardous for us if we're, we're walking and driving especially on autopilot and not really paying attention. Sitting for too many hours. Has this happened to you uh, where you've got your leg falling asleep, your foot falling asleep because you're sitting on autopilot. Not getting up and walking around once an hour or uh, I think that's what they say you should do. Checking your phone on autopilot. I would love for you to think for yourself, in the time that we've been on this uh, session together, have you looked at your phone on autopilot? Because you got an alert, you got a text, you got, you know, a Facebook like or whatever it was that drew your attention to your phone and you looked at your phone and then came back to the webinar. You are probably checking your phone on autopilot. Now, I know some people have iWatches, and I've, in multiple webinars that I've, workshops that I've done, people have said that their, their iPhone buzzes every time they get an email. And so, they're sitting in meetings and talking to folks and literally looking down at their watch constantly because they're checking their phone or their watch on autopilot. How do you think this makes the people feel that you're with? And plus, you're being distracted for a portion of the meeting or the time that you're spending with someone if you're constantly checking your phone, looking at your watch. So um, again, another way that it can be harmful to, especially to our relationships with other people. Surfing the internet on autopilot. I don't know if any of you have found yourself in a rabbit hole on the internet before. I certainly have, or with Amazon, I get on Amazon and before I know it, hours have passed (laughs) looking for things. So again, autopilot. Perhaps wasting time, you know? Perhaps we could be using our time in another way. And then working, but not taking care of your personal needs. So, you know, not getting up to get a drink of water, go to the restroom, you know? Just, or maybe you didn't eat lunch until 3 or 4 o'clock because you're working on autopilot. So another great example of how this autopilot can be potentially harmful to us. And one more thing, and there are, again, many ways that we're on autopilot, but one that you might not think about is that we are often on autopilot while we're thinking, meaning that our thinking is happening without our conscious involvement. It is, our brains, our minds are just going. They have a mind of their own, as they say, right? And so um, oftentimes we think on autopilot. Uh, This is an example, uh, when you get a song stuck in your head and it just keeps going, playing over and over, right? Your mind's on autopilot. You're just wishing it would stop, but it won't stop. Another example is when you get into, you know, a stressful situation or a conflict or, you know, a conversation that you didn't think went well, and you keep replaying that same thing over and over in your head. And that's being on autopilot because you don't want to be thinking about it necessarily. You, you realize that it makes you feel bad, but you, you keep doing it because your mind's on autopilot. So if we're not staying aware, if we're not consciously choosing our thoughts, our emotions, our behaviors, our reactions, then they're happening by default or by habit, and we're not being mindful. And this can get in the way of our well-being, the well-being of those around us, um, and you know our level of happiness. So uh, many ways that we're on autopilot, and I invite you to just re- take some time to reflect on this. How are you on autopilot, and how could it be harmful to you or to those around you? So let's talk about meditation and mindfulness and the relationship between these two. So if you wanna get good at being mindful, you wanna practice mindfulness. And meditation is a really great way to practice mindfulness. Meditation is dedicated time to train your mind. So you can get these benefits that we're talking about. Um, as you see in the green box here, meditation is an approach to training the mind similar to the way that fitness is an approach to training the body. We can train our mind to be mindful. We can train our mind to put our attention where we want it and not where it wants to go, right? Your mind is all over the place sometimes, but you can train it to be where you want it. And, um, and by doing that, right, you can get all of these benefits that we've been talking about um, for the last half hour or so. So with that, I want to invite you all to try a short breathing meditation with me. So in other words, this is called, AKA mindfulness of breathing. So the idea here is that you're retaining your attention fully on your breathing and not allowing your attention to drift off to something else. And if you notice your attention drifts off to something else, being mindful is noticing that and then bringing your attention back to your breathing. So I'm going to walk you through this. We're going to do a very, very short breathing meditation. I hope you will join me. Again, you're practicing being mindful of your breath, and I'm just going to walk you through the whole thing. So you won't need, you know, to be worried. I'm going to uh, be your guide. <laughs> so, first, when it comes to meditating, you want to sit comfortably. Mostly because if you're doing some meditation and you're uncomfortable or in pain because of the way you're sitting, then you're not going to want to do it again, right? So the first rule of meditation is to be comfortable, especially in the beginning, so that you can keep practicing and you want to integrate it into your life. So there's many ways to meditate. You can meditate sitting in a chair like this lady on the left. She has a little cushion behind her back for some extra support. Um, her feet are on the floor because she's going to close her eyes and she doesn't. You know, she wants some stability and doesn't want to fall over, you know. Um, her hands are just resting on her thighs. And you can put your back against the chair if you want. The idea of her sitting so upright, away from the back of the chair, is that when you sit up straight, it actually gives you more mental alertness. So you're less likely to fall asleep, essentially. You wanna be alert so that you can monitor what your attention's doing, right? If your attention's on your breathing or if it's drifted off to something else. Uh, If you get sleepy, then you're sleeping, right? Then you go to sleep, and that is definitely different from meditating, (laughs) so. You wanna keep your attention on your breathing. You wanna be awake and alert, and one of the ways you can do that is by keeping your back nice and tall and not getting too comfortable that you're going to fall asleep. You can sit on the floor. You can sit on a cushion. You can put your back against the wall. I mean, you can sit in a nice comfy chair like the gentleman on the right. Um, You know, when I meditate at home, almost always I meditate on my couch. It's just the most comfortable place for me. If I'm feeling really sleepy, I won't put my back against the back of the couch because I don't want to fall asleep. I want to do my meditation. Um, But otherwise... Uh, Yeah, I just sit comfortably on my couch, and that's where I do my meditation. I know many people that use cushions on the floor. Uh, You can meditate laying down, but again, you're one step closer to falling asleep. I've fallen asleep in meditation, especially laying down meditation many, many times. Uh, So you want to be comfortable, but not so comfortable that you're sleepy. Another thing that you want to do is be really gentle with yourself. So the reason I say this is because when we're going to do this short breathing meditation, you might notice that your mind does drift off to some other things, start thinking about things, thinking about something you're going to do later, thinking about a meeting you had earlier, uh, you know, thinking about picking your kids up from school, whatever it might be. And when you notice this, it might be tempting to kind of scold yourself. Uh, because you're, you drifted away from your attention on your breathing. So and what I encourage you to do is think of training your mind like training a puppy. So uh, if you're training a puppy to sit and stay, you're going to tell the puppy, sit, stay. You're going to put the puppy in the position, right, in the right position, and then hope that the puppy sits and stays, right? But inevitably, the puppy is going to get up and start running around, because that's what puppies do. And what you're going to do, tell the puppy, come back over here, sit and stay, right? But you don't beat up the puppy, you don't scold the puppy, right? You just redirect the puppy, sit, might be a little firm, but sit and stay. And then the puppy's going to drift off again, right? Get up and run around. And you bring it back, sit and stay. If you've ever trained a puppy, you have to do it over and over. You sit and stay. So. Same thing, you're training your mind to sit and stay on your breathing and not drift off to other things. And so you want to do the same thing. You want, if you notice your mind drifts off, bring it back to the breathing, sit and stay. But you're doing it gently like you're training a puppy, right? You, you're you not beating up the puppy or hurting the puppy. You just, you know, you hold the puppy in compassion. It's just learning. And it's the same thing with you. You're just learning how to keep your mind where you want it. So with that, we're gonna go ahead and get started. We're just gonna do three minutes of mindfulness of breathing, and I'm gonna time us. So you don't have to worry about the time. And I'm gonna walk you through the whole three minutes. So what I would invite you to do is to sit comfortably So if you're in your office right now, you might decide you want to shut your office door. You might decide you want to turn your chair away from windows. If you have that, if you're going to feel self-conscious about trying this, it's really up to you. How are you going to be comfortable in your environment so that you can do three minutes of breathing meditation, mindfulness of breathing? Now, when it comes to your eyes, you can either close your eyes or you can just cast them downwards. So some people think that you have to close your eyes to meditate, you don't, you can have them open. The reason that we instructors encourage folks to have their eyes cast downward is because it's less distraction, right? If you look down, you have less in your field of vision. So there's less possible distraction for you while you're trying to focus on your breathing. Um, If you look around the room, there's lots of distractions and your attention will be more easily caught with other things. So you just either close your eyes which is what I do. I always meditate with my eyes closed because I need all the help I can get. I don't want any extra distractions. Or you can just tap them down and not focusing on any particular thing, just kind of keeping a soft gaze. Again, you want to have your back nice and tall so that you stay awake, especially if you're feeling a little sleepy today. You want to put your hands on your thighs or you can fold them in your lap, wherever they're just not going to be a distraction. You're not going to want to move them in a minute or two. And then I'm going to take you through two or three deep breaths. You're welcome to do those. It just helps to calm your mind and your body. You don't have to do them. It's up to you. And then I'll encourage you to focus your attention on your breath. And then I'll also guide you back to the breath if you happen to drift off. So, again, we're going to do this for three minutes. And I'm going to watch the time. So, sitting comfortably. um, Your shoulders kind of down and back, just so you have good posture. Your hands on your thighs or fold it in your lap, your eyes can close, or you can just cast them downward. And feet flat on the floor so that you don't fall over if you get sleepy. And um, I'm going to invite you to take two or three deep breaths. So let's all take a deep breath in through your nose. And exhaling through your mouth or nose, just relaxing, taking another deep breath in. And exhaling it, releasing any tension, stress. Another one on your own. And now just allowing your breathing to return to its natural rhythm. And it's whatever that rhythm is for you today. Your breathing could be kind of fast or slow. It could be deeper or more shallow. Just notice how your body is breathing right now for this meditation. and you're resisting the urge or temptation to control your breathing in any way, just be an observer. Just notice. Allowing your body to breathe on its own. Now see if you've noticed Where do you feel the sensations of the breath most strongly in your body? Do you feel some coolness or swirling in your nose? Do you feel the breath going down your throat or into your chest or abdomen? Where do you feel the breath coming back out of your body on the exhale? Seeing if you can find that spot where you feel the sensation the strongest and then holding your attention there. And if you notice your mind wandering off to other things, thinking, remembering, just gently bring your attention back to your breath. And now taking a couple deeper breaths. And maybe wiggling your fingers and toes. Bring yourself back to the webinar. That was three minutes. That was quick, huh? Did that feel quick or did that feel long for you? That was just three minutes. Some of you are probably wishing that it lasted a little longer than three minutes, huh? So my question for you, do you feel more relaxed after just those three minutes. I do. (laughs) Even just leaving this webinar with you, I feel more relaxed after just three minutes. And so this is one of the beautiful things about mindfulness meditation, is that even short spurts of it can be helpful. Um, You could just do that for one minute. You could do it for three minutes. You could do it for five, 10, 20. Um, Some researchers say the sweet spot is between 20 and 30 minutes a day of uh, mindfulness meditation. And this is mindfulness of breathing. Of course, you could be mindfulness of many things in your meditation, holding your attention on something in particular. It could be a word, uh, an image, many things. But in this case, we did breathing. We always have our breath with us, so we can do this anywhere. You can do it when you go to the restroom or, you know, uh, when you're getting ready to start a meeting. There are a number of YMCA's that have started their meetings with one minute of, of breathing meditation. Or mindfulness of breathing, so an invitation for you to be thinking about how you can incorporate even a short breathing meditation into your day. So let's talk about some more ways, especially some fun ways that you can integrate mindfulness and meditation into your daily life. When can you find time to meditate? Can you think of some times in your day when you might be able to fit it in. So, um, some people do it first thing in the morning. Uh, They, you know, may get up, use the restroom, use the restroom, come back, and then do your meditation first thing. Um, some people love meditating in the morning. There were years of my life where I did it every morning because, you know, your mind is not as busy when you first wake up, especially if you don't check your phone. Just go right into your meditation. It's a great time to practice and train your mind and start the day off in a, in a way that's very centered and where your mind is very focused and productive, right? Other people are putting it into the routine of their workday, you know, taking some time during the workday in your office to do, a, you know, some time of meditation. People putting do not disturb signs on their office door for 10 minutes as they take a, a, a break to take care of themselves during the work day. I know a number of executives who meditate in their car, not while they're driving, uh, but when they get to work, uh, right before going into the office, they'll sit in their car for 5, 10, even tw- I know someone is doing 20 minutes uh, in their car before they go into work. And so, and especially this one person is very busy with their family at home, so she can't find time to do the meditation before she goes, you know, gets in the car, but before she goes into the office is when she can find that space, so she takes the, the 20 minutes then. Other people, again, doing it uh, at the end of the workday, but before they go home, right? So calming down all the rumination, all the thinking about work, and all of that, and putting your mind where you want it, focusing and centering your attention calming down any stresses by doing it before going into your home. Of course, it can be done anywhere, um, anywhere you feel safe, where you feel like you could build it in. So these are just some ideas of ways that you might make it part of your daily routine. I also know people who do walking meditation um, where they're paying close attention, putting their attention fully focused on their walking, on feeling the ground as they're stepping and so on. So they go for a walk outside for five or ten minutes and Stay in the present moment, and feeling the sensations of walking and not letting your mind drift off to thinking and planning and all the other things that our minds want to do. So just some ideas. Uh, you could literally schedule it in your calendar. So there are large organizations that have standing calendar appointments for guided meditation calls that they're doing. Um, and you could just build that right into your schedule if you wanted to. Every day at noon for 10 minutes, I'm going to do my a 10 minute breathing meditation. Uh, this is my phone screen here. It's actually my puppy, so I know so much about puppy training. Uh, that's Max. But in any case, I have an app that I use that has reminders, and so I set reminders on my phone to meditate three different times during the day. And so, you know, I may not actually meditate each of those times, but it's a reminder that prompts me. It's a way of reminding me to do it every day. And as I mentioned, I need all the help I can get. So um, those reminders are really helpful. And I'll share more about the apps that you can use shortly. So let's talk about some other ways that you can retain your attention fully in the present moment throughout your day. So, again, you can meditate. That's dedicated time to practicing mindful, honing your attention, right, keeping it where you want it. But you can also do it throughout your day in many, many ways. And so one is anytime you're talking to someone. Anytime you're talking to someone, it's being fully focused, retaining your attention consciously in the present moment with the person that you're talking to and not letting your mind drift off to other things. Man, I got to get to that meeting later. I got to do some more work. I need to check my emails. You know, all the things our mind likes to think about. Because again, it has a mind of its own. So being fully present with the person that's right in front of you. This could be at work, but of course it could also be at home. Are you fully present with the people at home, or is your mind somewhere else, or is your attention somewhere else? So you can practice being mindful with every interaction. Another great way to practice is when you're feeling an emotion. Maybe you're getting in a conflict with someone at work or someone at home for your own well-being and for the potential relationship. Uh, that you're wanting to, you know, that you're wanting to um, protect, (laughs) you might consider being mindful in the moment when you're having an emotional reaction, right? So, oh gosh, I, gosh, I feel that my heart rate is increasing. I feel flushed. I feel. Um, my breathing rate is increasing, my palms are getting sweaty, I feel the emotions, now I'm starting to think things, of being reactionary. Okay, so you, as you're doing that, you're creating space and time so that you're less likely to react in the way that you do habitually in those types of situations. And You have more flexibility to choose a different way of reacting and responding. And the opportunity to just maybe do a little, a few breaths in that moment, right? To help calm down the effects of that particular emotion, especially if it's a a negative emotion, one that's um, in conflict with others. This is a fun way to practice being mindful. One that you might not think about is mindful eating. If you ever go on a mindfulness retreat where you're practicing mindfulness for days on end um, every meal is mindful eating and the idea here is that you're actually just focusing your attention fully on eating your food and not thinking about all the other things that you've got to do and so you know for every meal of the day you could be doing mindful eating you know your breakfast in the morning let me taste the food what's the flavor what's the texture Um, You know, let me feel myself swallowing the food, you know, drinking, be really mindful of eating and drinking, right, and not busy thinking and planning and doing everything else. So it's just another opportunity to train your mind to be where you want it to be as opposed to where it wants to be. So that can be a fun one. Google does mindful lunches that are silent, you know, where there's no small talk and chatting with other people, just silent lunches where people are just focusing, hopefully just focusing on their food and not thinking and planning and and doing a lot of other things while they're eating. Another fun one, this is one I had to quit because one of the times that my mind tends to spin and plan and get really ruminating is when I'm in the shower. And so I have to be really mindful to keep my attention on just the showering, right? On the water, on my skin, my hair, et cetera. If I can be just in the present moment while I'm showering, then I'm doing a good job training because uh, my mind tends to want to be planning, planning things out in the shower. So you might, next time you take a shower, think about, okay, where's my mind? Is this actually just being in this present moment? and enjoying the sensations and, uh, you know, just feeling the water and soap and so on, or is my mind busy thinking and remembering about some situation and doing other things? And then an invitation for all of us to drive mindfully. I've had people in my workshops who have said, this is, if there was anything they took away, is that they need to go back and drive more mindfully. I mean, and it's one thing to be distracted by the phone while you're driving, right? And of course, we don't want to do that, no texting and all of that. But beyond that, it's also just being fully present, that your mind is present on the driving and your mind isn't somewhere else, keeping you from being distracted so when you you, you miss an exit or you get to your destination and you don't remember getting there. Or maybe you don't see something that runs out in front of you because your mind's somewhere else. So another way to think about practicing being mindful. So there are many ways. I'm sure you can think of others, other ways that you can be mindful um, throughout the day. Again, every single moment, you can be mindful of that moment and, um, and notice what your mind is doing. We call that metacognition in the mindfulness world. It's the ability to see, you know, to be aware of everything that's going on in your mind, your body, Uh, And so that way you are not being, you know, you're not at the mercy of your mind or of your emotions. You can, you are aware and you're keeping your attention fully focused on it. So with that, I want to start talking about just some tools and resources that you might want to um, take advantage of in the coming months and, and weeks. Maybe you want to get an app or start trying to find a few minutes in your day that you can do some meditating and practice mindfulness, and so there are a lot of great ways that you can do that. So the meditation app that I like the best is Insight Timer because it is free. It is the most popular meditation app in the world, and there are hundreds of thousands, if not millions. Oh, no, seven million. There we go. Seven million meditators that are using the app around the world. And there are so many different kinds of meditations that you can do. But it's very easy to just put in breathing meditation or mindfulness meditation, and you'll get a lot of free guided meditations that you can use right in the app. And then you can also set reminders like I do with Insight Timer. And there's also specialty types of meditations that you can access on there if you need help with sleeping or things like that. So I really recommend Insight Timer, especially because you get 15,000 or more meditations for free. And it's a really great app. It also can track your statistics for meditating, show you how you're doing. So it's a, it's a really great resource. You may also be aware of these two are also... These are the two most popular meditation apps that companies are buying for their employees. And this could be a whole nother webinar on the ways that companies are utilizing mindfulness and meditation with their staff. Um, There are a lot of companies that are doing this today. Uh, In any case, Headspace and Calm are these two apps. You get some meditations for free But then you have to pay for others. So it's uh, an annual subscription. So you might want to check them out, see if you like what you could get for free. I do know many people who have subscribed to one or both of these services because they really like the, the meditations and the apps. And so it's worth it for them to pay the annual subscription to be able to access everything. So it's up to you, but these are very popular. In fact, so popular, you might know that the Calm app, the one on the bottom, if you fly American Airlines, Every single uh, entertainment center on the back of the seat, you know, has the call map on it so that you can actually do some breathing meditation or other types of meditation while you're on the plane. And uh, so very, very popular. Um, As I mentioned earlier, there are also a number of universities, pardon me, a number of universities that have mindfulness centers. And along with that, they also have free guided meditations that you can access on their website. And so I'll read these to you in case they're hard to see. Pardon. UC San Diego Health, um, again, has a, a Center for Mindfulness. There's a lot of free meditations there. UCLA, the Mindful Awareness Research Center you can just Google these and they'll just pop up and you can put in guided meditations. These are all free guided meditations. You'll see each of the lists is going to start with a breathing meditation. Very basic fundamental mindfulness practice. On the bottom left is Harvard Center for Wellness, which has a whole mindfulness center as part of it, and there's free meditations there. On the bottom right is University of Minnesota. They have a whole section of their website that's dedicated to mindfulness, with a lot of um, tutorials and uh, different pages that help you understand mindfulness, but also free guided meditations. These are just an example. There are many of these online, but you can Google any of these and they'll pop right up and you can get free free guided meditations from these universities. Pretty cool. I also mentioned earlier University of Massachusetts Medical School has a Center for Mindfulness. And that they created what's called the Mindfulness-Based Stress Reduction Program, MBSR. And this is the most popular mindfulness-based program out there. Um, You do have to pay for it, but they have an eight-week course that you can do online. It's a self-guided video course. So if you really want to dive into this, you might consider doing a course. Um, You can probably do it at those other universities as well, but this one um, is is an online course So you can do it from anywhere in the country, and you can learn from um, one of the pioneers of the mindfulness movement, so to speak, from University of Massachusetts Medical School. So again, that one is not free. You do have to pay for it, but that's um, a really great resource coming straight from the (laughs) source. If you happen to love Deepak and Oprah, they do 21-day meditation experiences. And so the the theory here is that if you practice something 21 days in a row, it helps to become a habit. And so they do a series of these each year. They have different themes, which is kind of fun. I guess the theme here was getting unstuck. But, you know, every time they do a 21-day meditation experience, there's a different theme. So that can be kind of fun. You can just Google Oprah and Deepak 21-day meditation experience, and you'll um, you'll get right to the website. And you can see when the next one starts and what the theme is. So another fun way that you might think about engaging in some meditation and mindfulness practices. So with that, I I hope this was a nice introduction to mindfulness and meditation. I hope you have come away with this better understanding what mindfulness is, the reasons why universities and many, many people, millions of people around the country are practicing meditation and mindfulness. Uh, I hope that you, um, enjoyed our practice session, our three-minute mindfulness of breathing meditation, um, congratulations if that was the first time that you did mindfulness of breathing. And, uh, and I hope that it gave you a little glimpse into what's possible for you in terms of bringing a simple breathing practice into your life. Uh, you could do this again at work. You could do it at home. Um, in a time, what we call it sometimes is crisis meditation, when you're feeling like times are getting tough, you're feeling stressed, it's a great time to do three minutes, five minutes, however long you can fit into your day uh, worth of breathing meditation. It can really help to calm down all of that stress, anxiety that you might be feeling. And then I also hope that you saw that mindfulness is something you can practice all the time. It doesn't have to be in a dedicated time like meditation, but you can do it when you're talking to someone. Um, you can do it at home, you can do it at work, you can do it in the shower, you can do it while you're eating. It's just practicing training your mind to be where you want it. And also being aware of your emotions and the physical sensations in your body uh, as they're happening and not allowing yourself to push it away, to suppress it, to ignore it, to be distracted, but rather to fully experience the present moment. So um, this is my contact information. I really, really would love to hear from you if you enjoyed this webinar. Um, If you wouldn't mind sending me a little email just to let me know, uh, that would be great since this was a recorded session and I didn't get the opportunity to interact with you. My email address is right there, wendy.saunders at ymca.net. You can also reach out to me on Facebook or Twitter at Wendy Saunders CL. That stands for Compassionate Love since I've been doing talks on compassionate love as well. Um, But please, please reach out. Um, Thank you so much for taking the time to be with me for this session today. Uh, I wish you many mindful moments as we go into the holidays. Uh, And I wish you wonderful holidays as well. And I hope to meet you in person sometime soon. Thanks, and have a great day. Bye-bye.